is the Rebel Author Podcast, where we talk about books, business, and occasionally bad words. Hello, Rebels, and welcome to episode 179 of the Rebel Author Podcast. Today, I'm talking to Clayton Noblet all about publishing trends for the future. But first to last week's question, which was, tell me about a moment in your life you'll never forget besides babies and marriage. So Ian Worrell says, probably when I was working in the film industry, the, the specific movie was The Weight of Water. The camera assistant gave me some camera lubricant <laughs> to take... I'm such a child laughing at that. To take back to the camera carts, the lubricant was in a syringe similar to what junkies use to shoot up heroin. Sean, uh, Sean Penn came by and said, now what have you got there? I said, that's just lubricating stuff for the camera. And he said, yeah, right, buddy. That was the first movie I worked on and Sean Penn could probably spot a greenhorn a mile away and decided to have some fun with a newbie film worker. That is hilarious. Okay, Sparky Hazard says, many moons ago, I was a fancy pastry chef and had the chance to be on a Food Network competition. It was a dream come true for me and I practiced for weeks nonstop in the hopes of winning the $10,000 prize. I was very confident. I was also very naive. What I didn't, what didn't really sink in until the big day was that no amount of restaurant work will ever prepare you for the nightmare that is reality TV. The entire experience was one of the most intense, surreal things I've lived through and I will never forget it. We had quite a few uh, people. So thank you also to Eden, uh, Kerry and Carla uh, for your uh, memories. They all gave me a big smile. This week's question is, tell me about something that you have in your life that makes uh, it easier. So like, I still remember I read one of Lily Singh's books. I, can't, I think it was something like How to Be a Boss. Boss? 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 <laughs> boss. Basically, it was like boss, but misspelt. Anyway, it was such a fun audiobook. I think it was like the first ever audiobook I listened to. And one of the things that she does is like, she solves small irritations in her life. And I remember one of the ones that she really hates is having uh, dried lips. She does a lot of like YouTube podcasting and speaking. And so if she has dried lips, she gets very irrit irritated. So she just brought a batchload of uh, lip balms and would put them everywhere. So one in her office, one in her car, one in the living room, like one in somewhere else. And that is like one of the things that has never left me. And I've tried to always hold that in my heart and be quite uh, problem solution focused solution focus problem when there's a problem be solution focus especially when it's a small thing so like for example i really hate when my phone battery dies my i've i've got apple phones and much as i love them the batteries are shite and so i now keep charges in my car i keep one in the living room because our sofa is like fancy and has a bloody uh, usb port in there i keep one in the bedroom i keep one in the office in two different places in the office one for my desk and one for the wall um and they sound like such small, trivial things, but actually, is there anything more annoying as a parent if your phone is dying and like, you know the school's gonna call or whatever? So yeah, like, is there something small that you've brought that is a handy device that really helps you? Is there, maybe it's a kitchen tool, maybe it's a, I don't know, whatever. Uh, yeah, tell me about something that you have in your life that makes your life easier. 
Okay, the book recommendation of the week this week is a patron book. This book is from Maggie Monet and it is called Penny for Your Playlist, a Gen X Game Girls novel. This is how the blurb goes. How would you describe your life using song titles? For Penny, the radio has shuffled the station. Her quirky girls just want to have fun best friend group is finding that in middle age, love stinks and you can't always get what you want. The chiming of her slipping through my fingers ringtone has her missing her college bound daughter. And her marriage? As their 25th anniversary looms, Don't You Want Me would be a more apt wedding march than Take My Breath Away of the honeymoon years. No worries. Like many who grew up with John Hughes' movies as a handbook for Happily Ever After and raised to believe that good girls don't, Penny's a pro at dealing with disappointment. But she can't hide in her car, eating herself numb as as how to disappear completely plays on repeat forever, can she? When her husband is up for promotion that would take them away from everyone she loves and a surprise connection forms with her new landscaper, she wonders if it's a question of lust or a time to realise she's the DJ of her own dance party. Join Penny as the clock counts down to an unforgettable anniversary party and she embarks on a journey of reclamation to find out what and who really matters. You'll love this coming-of-age story with its dash of dark humour, pinch of 80s nostalgia, and board game nights that will have you breaking out the card tables. So if that sounds like the sort of thing that you would like, the links will be in the show notes. As for me and personal updates, I am... Uh, I just booked to go to Seville. I am going to be speaking at the 20 Books Conference uh, in Seville. So um, I was sort of uh, tossing and turning the idea of going to Amsterdam instead or and or as well as. (laughs) But I've decided that I'm going to go to Seville as I was asked to speak. And I am also going to be at London Book Fair this year, uh, also speaking. So if you are going, please do let me know. Um, And what else am I doing? So I am working on book two. I tell you I'm struggling, but um, I've got a coaching session with Ellie today and I can already feel (laughs) the ass kicking that I'm about to get. So um, I have no doubt that by next week I shall be back on track. Um, And uh, what else? I am also implementing a new system. So I recorded the Black Heron episode slightly early last night or the night before, I can't remember, time is a lie. And one of the things that Rachel is doing is writing 500 words a day on 500 new words a day. And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. I should do that because, you know, it's like 182,000 words by the end of the year if you did it at seven days a week, which I won't, I'll do it five days a week. So it's 126,000 words. But still, that's a lot of fucking words. And that's like more than a book, especially if it's nonfiction, it's a couple of books. Which is one of the one of the caveats. I decided that um, knowing how I work with fiction, I can't do that. I can't jump in and out of a fiction project. But nonfiction's different, and I can do that with nonfiction. So that's what I'm going to do. I have officially started the villain's journey. Fuck me! I'm super excited. I'm super excited to be one writing new words and two touching nonfiction, which I haven't done in ages. Um, whether or not this sticks, I don't know. 
I'm going to try and we're going to see if it goes. It's an experiment. We shall see. So yes, that is where I'm at with um, fiction, which is, yeah, working on book two and I've started the nonfiction. So I think that's probably it really. I'm, I, I have been catching up after the backlog of fuck me, the inbox was disgusting when I got back from Paris. So I've been catching up with that. Um, and continuing to like run ads and promote a game of hearts and heists it's still doing really well it seems to be sticking around the ranks that um it's sort of got which is fantastic it's uh, looking very promising and um yeah so i'm excited i'm excited about what that means about what the future could bring <laughs> uh, book two is on pre-order so well the digital book two is on pre-order so if you've enjoyed it and you want to read what happens next you might as well pre-order um so yeah i think that is everything from me it's a short update this week um hopefully <laughs> next week i'll have more positive news about book two i'm now i think i'm eight and a half thousand words in which i did over a couple of sessions but yeah like i don't know i'm psyching myself out of it I love it. I've got this new outline and I'm super excited to write it, especially because there's like some really, like some of the spicy scenes I'm like really excited to write. But I think I've put too much pressure on myself. So this is why I need that ass kicking from Ellie, just to, for her to remind me that there is no pressure. It's all made up and it's all bullshit in my own head. It's like this brain fuckery, right? But I need the strengths voodoo to, uh, to, to just like tell me in a way that I can hear that just to stop being a knobhead and like just get the words out. Because when I touch, when I get and open the manuscript, it's fine. I just, yeah, we all psych ourselves out. So I just need to stop being a bella and get on with it. The rebel of the week this week is Christina. Christina says, when I was 20, I was sing a single mother and working as a waitress. I was constantly a few minutes late because, you know, I was young and raising an infant by myself, not to mention too poor to afford excess babysitter time. One day, while I was dressing my son to go to the babysitter's house, I started crying because I couldn't find matching socks. All I remember thinking is that my son deserved a fugging pair of matching socks. When I got to work, a few minutes late, of course, I had been crying and the owner of the restaurant stops me while I'm clocking in. Did she tell you? Did who tell me what? Did the manager tell you that if you're late one more time, you're fired? Well... I'll tell you what, I was sick of being talked to like that, sick of being poor and sick of my son not having proper clothes. Without missing a beat, I looked up to her, because I'm short, and said, that's fine because I'm putting my two weeks notice in. Man, oh man, the look on her face, she turned purple and spit out, where do you think you're going to go, going to go where you can earn as much money as you do here? I didn't think, I didn't really have a plan, I just blurted out, I'm going back to school. Well, that shut her up. The next day, I called around to all the schools within driving distance. The technical college, two hours away, had an opening in their engineering technology class, aka drafting, uh, but I needed $50 to sign up. I didn't have $5, let alone 50. So I called my mum. She hopped in her car and brought over a water cooler full bottle full of pennies. We spent that night wrapping them in paper coin wrappers. Those were the days before changing count change counting machines existed. 
The next day, we went to bank the cash um, and then to the school to sign me up. That course led me to a career in software support development and design. Within 15 years, this single mum was making six figures. So yeah, threatening me has never been the motivator anyone thought it would be. Oh my God, I love that. I love, love, love the success story. I love that you showed them and that you did it and that your mum was so supportive. I absolutely love that story. If you would like to be a Rebel of the Week, please do send in your story. It can be any kind of rebellion, something big, something small, or something in between. Doesn't even have to be your rebellion. You can email your story to Becca over on rebelauthorpodcast at gmail.com. And you patrons this week, but an enormous thank you to all of my existing patrons. If you would like to support the show and get early access to all of the episodes, as well as bonus content, you can from as little as $2 a month by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black. This week's episode is sponsored by Pro Writing Aid, so I'm going to play a little word from one of my in real life friends, Caitlin, uh, to tell you all about why you should be using Pro Writing Aid too. For me, Pro Writing Aid is a constant companion for every writing project. I dedicate two whole steps of my editing process for Pro Writing Aid to ensure that my books are at the level that my readers expect. I love how this style and grammar editor brings my writing to a whole other level and I'm constantly improving my craft every time I use it. I also enjoy using the browser extension so I can ensure that even if I'm down to the deadline with an author newsletter or a very important email from my publishing network, that my communication is clear and effective every single time. And I also love how you get lifetime access to this program, which gives me the confidence that I don't have to worry about another subscription service. And the lifetime updates truly make this a worthwhile investment in my career and life. Hello and welcome to the Rebel Author Podcast. I am really excited today because we have Clayton Noblet from Written Word Media. Uh, Clayton is a senior marketing manager at Written Word Media. He is passionate about helping authors find their readers and finding new ways to sell more books. That's what we all want. Uh, when he's not working, he enjoys spending time with his family, playing sports and making beverages. Hello and welcome. Hey, Sasha. Thanks for having me. Hey, thank you for coming on. I've used Written Word Media for years, so I'm really grateful. It's nice to like actually get to put a face to the company and to like yeah. get you on and to talk about, well, not only what you're doing, but also some exciting things for the future. Before we dive into that, um, I always like to ask a little something about the bio. What sports do you play? Um, so my my primary sport for a long time was ultimate frisbee. Um, I played that in college. Oh, wow. um, yeah, but then I, I switched over to something that I'm really terrible at, um, soccer or, or football, as you call it. Um, and so now I'm doing that, and I'm really bad and having a, a great time with it. So yeah, I, I love that so much. <laughs> I love that so much because so often we do things like. I was talking to, so on this podcast, I have my podcast and then I do a monthly episode with my friend, Rachel Heron called The Black Heron. And um, we were talking about uh, doing things just for the joy of doing it and how neither of us are very good at that because we we both go in like trying to win or trying to be really good at the thing. But actually sometimes just doing stuff because it's fun is like really what is well, it brings us joy. So I love that. So yeah. tell me about Ultimate Frisbee. Is that a competitive sport or? Yeah. Yeah. It's um, so it's seven on seven. Um, and uh, in, in the US, it's much bigger than the rest of the world, uh, but it's still not very big here. 
Um, but yeah, so I, I played on a, a college team and we won the, the national championship my senior year. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was a pretty, pretty wild thing. Um, it's, it's a weird, small community. Um, uh, but yeah, it was, it was a really great thing for me for a long time. I actually met my, my wife playing Frisbee. Oh my God. <laughs> this is amazing. I love that. Oh my God. So how, like, like, so in my brain, Frisbee is just like one-on-one. So is it like volleyball? Like, do you go over a net or what is the... So it's on kind of like an American football field with two end zones. Um, and so you pass the Frisbee to your teammates. And if one of you catches it in the end zone, you score a point. And you cannot run with the Frisbee. So anytime you catch it, you have like a pivot foot and you throw off of that. <sighs> I, you just know after this call, I am going to be down a YouTube rabbit hole of watching <laughs> Ultimate Frisbee. Like Thank most you for this. Sports, there's lots of YouTube content. So, yeah. Excellent. I'm actually genuinely excited. Um, okay. Tell everyone a little bit about your journey. How did you come to work at Written Word Media? Um, are you a reader? Are you a writer? Like, tell me your journey. Yeah, yeah. Um, so coming to work at Written Word Media um, was really just good luck. Um, so I was working at a, a fintech startup, not very exciting, um, at a startup incubator in North Carolina, where I'm from. And that company was acquired, which was a good thing. And Written Word Media was actually on the same floor of the building that I was on. And they were looking for marketing help. Um, and I interviewed with our, our founder, Ricky. And it was just uh, you know, a no-brainer. I absolutely jumped at the, the opportunity. Um, I am a really big reader. Um, growing up, uh, I was one of those families that didn't have television. Uh, my parents were very like, uh, you read or you play. You don't you know, mess with the screen sort of thing, right? <laughs> Back when that was more achievable, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah pre-smartphone. Um, but yeah, we would go to the library and have you know huge grocery bags full of books taking home every week to read. Um, so yeah, the written word was kind of a, a natural fit that way. And then I also, you know, I've been a written word for almost four years now. And, you know, as soon as I started talking to authors, I was like, oh yeah, like th- this is really good. I feel really, really happy working with this group of people. Um, what, one of the, the company values of written word media is that we believe books are a force for good in the world. Aww. And I, I've never not believed that, right? Like <laughs> well before I, I worked at written word media, I thought that was true. Um, I I genuinely believe that is true because when you look at the wave of like obsession with with certain books when they go really big be they Fifty Shades of Grey or Harry Potter less we definitely don't speak her name she who must not be named but um you know when you see how viral books can go and how much they can affect people's lives it only takes the right book with the right ethos to literally change a whole generation of people like and i just yeah i completely agree with that i really do think that books can change lives for the better so yeah i, I love that what what genres do you read so i am pretty agnostic to genre ah. i i'm if someone that i trust recommends a book to me i will likely read it um, I think in general, I, I tend to like sci-fi. Like if I'm searching something out on my own, I'll tend to go towards sci-fi. Um, I also, I really like to travel. And before I go somewhere new, I like to read either fiction based there or like historical books. Um, so right now I'm reading like a, a history of ancient Rome because I'm going to Rome next year or this year, actually. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so I'm reading to kind of like prep up and like feel like I have uh, some context for where I'm going. 
Oh, amazing. Yeah. Will you go and see Pisa, the Leaning Tower of Pisa? Because that's just outside. It's like not, yeah, you have to yeah. go. You, yeah. yeah, okay, okay. Well, yeah, if you've been and you recommend, then yeah, that, that'll be on the list then. Uh, the uh, like i italy is amazing it's absolutely beautiful if you if you just go to the whole of italy <laughs> like, just go everywhere and you'll be fine no um yeah pisa is a little bit out of um rome i can't i get very confused because i've been to rome and i've but most of the time that i've gone to italy i've spent in tuscany i have mm. i can't remember where pisa is if it's closer to tuscany or if it's closer to rome but my mum lived in tuscany for a while in the carrara um in the marble mountains uh, near Carrara, learning to sculpt sculpt marble of all random what? things. Yeah, I know. That, like it, it's it, yeah. It was this whole thing. Anyway, so um, yeah, like Italy is stunning. I I love Italy. So you are going to have an amazing time, and I'm very jealous. So I hope you have a fabulous holiday. Okay. So I reached out to you because Written Word Media had an incredible article. Um, I can't remember if it was this week or last week, but it was all about publishing trends. And I'm really passionate about consuming information um, that can help me come to my own conclusions about what where the industry is going and what is happening. So I always find it very interesting when um, um, services, authors, names in the industry sort of talk about these predictions. Um, so I wondered if we could first talk about how did written word media come up with their predictions? Um, what did the staff um, read, listen to? What did they do uh, in order to kind of create them? And like, how can indies do the same? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I think there, there's a lot of different things to to do there. Um, so at Written Word, we went to a few conferences this fall. Um, so I was at Nink and I was at 20 Books Las Vegas. Um, I think conferences are a really good place um, for for authors and industry professionals alike to kind of get the get the vibe of what's buzzy, right? Like, what are people talking about? What are they worried about? What are they excited about? Oh, uh, you mean you mean us introverts need to go and talk to people? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> or you can just stand there next to people while they talk and kind of overhear. That that's also a good tactic for a conference. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man! I actually did get a message from a, an author who uh, were mutuals on TikTok, and uh, she messaged me after and was like, "I saw you, but I was too shy to come say hi." And I was like, "That's Aww. totally fine. Like, yeah, thank you for messaging me." Um, yeah, so conferences are a great place, but I understand they're not great for everyone. <laughs> um, another thing um, is kind of the the indie author communities online, right? There's so many amazing like Facebook groups, forums, Reddit's um, th- that you know, people are always talking about what's going on there as well. And so those are those are kind of angles where you can kind of look at the whole past year and look at, okay, what have people been talking about and what's really stuck around? Um, another really good good thing that we have at Ritware Media is we reach out um, to industry professionals and people that have data. And we ask them, hey, what do you see coming? So in that blog post, we have people, you know, like Mark Leslie, the fave of Drafted Digital. Um, he's got a lot of information, knows a lot about the industry, so experienced. Um, and so he's able to see these things coming from a long way away as well. Um, so that, that's a good asset to have. Yeah. And I'm excited that, about, sorry to interrupt. I'm excited yeah. about the work that you're doing with Ally. Cause I, I do freelance with Ally mm-hmm. and, um, 
the fact that you're doing the big, I can't remember what they called it, the big indie <laughs> data drop or something, I think. Yeah. Because yeah, I read your annual report. I always find the annual report so fascinating. Sorry, I, I'm talking about 7,000 different things without okay. explaining to listeners. So Written Word Media do an annual report where they survey authors on their income. Um, and it is fascinating the things that you discover and the big one that I always look at is how many books it took people to get to 100k (laughs) I think that's what people come to like come to that article for every single time but anyway sorry I interrupted you yeah yeah I I I think I was just gonna say like another really good tool that we actually show in the article is Google Trends which is a tool where you can look at the search volume for different topics over time and so, you know, if you look up AI writing, for instance, for instance, on Google Trends, you see a big spike towards the end of 2022 when ChatGPT was released. Um, yeah. So that can also be helpful to really get some some hard data around are people more interested in this topic than they used to be. Yeah, and we're going to talk about AI in a little bit. I fucking love ChatGPT. It is incredible. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's amazing, amazing tool. I'm excited about it. Okay, so we're going to, well, I am going to link to Written Word Media's article that has all the predictions in it in case listeners haven't seen it. But I wondered if we could go into some of the detail about those predictions now. So the first one that I want to talk about, which isn't the first one in the report, but I think it's a really important one, is around indies expanding their portfolios and moving into new channels. So I wondered if you could talk through um, a little bit about what what you meant by that, like what channels do you see coming on stream and what might authors need to consider um, about those streams? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think kind of the first broad channel I would talk about here is serial fiction. Um, and it's probably kind of the, the two most known platforms here would be Wattpad and Kindle Vela. Um, and so I think, you know, Wattpad's been around for a while. Um, but I think there are kind of more and more success stories with Wattpad. Um, and Kindle Vela seems to be gaining a little bit of steam just anecdotally. I know early on, I talked to a lot of authors that were not impressed with kind of the results they were seeing in terms of you know earnings and how many readers were, were seeing their stuff. But I think there are more readers on it now. And I think more readers are actually, or more authors are actually earning money um, from Kindle Vela than you know, closer to launch, which, which does make sense. I think it takes, takes a little bit for the readers to join in. It's still American only, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So that that's kind of the big the big limiting factor there. Um, but yeah, so I think Kindle Vela and, and Wattpad and serial fiction is kind of having a moment. And we were approached by the, this company Yonder um, last year, and it's a new serial fiction app. And we're actually working with them to get authors on their platform. We have several authors live already um, where they're publishing some of their backlist and some new original stuff as well. And we're mm. actually able to pay out royalties to authors from that. Um, oh, wow. And so I, yeah. So I think serial fiction, you know, I, there's some stats in, in the article about how many people are reading on their phones now. And serial fiction is just kind of perfectly built for that. Um, what are the key differences between serial and non-serial fiction? Like if an indie author one is listening to this and thinks, oh, like I want to jump in with the new thing. What might they need to consider about can can they just break up their books? Like or would they need like what is the different the main difference? Yeah. Um, so there are going to be different licensing uh, issues if you have already published content and you want to move it to a serial platform. Um, so that will be different depending on where you're published and which platform you want to serialize it on. 
Um, but, but I think a great thing to consider um, is kind of the workflow of an author, right? Um, I always like to think about marketing in this term too. Like if you if you want to do something, right? In order to do it well, you're going to have to enjoy it at least a little. Um, and so if you are the sort of author that likes to write you know, a complete chapter and then step off for a little bit, and maybe you feel really good about that chapter and want to publish it, um, then serial fiction could be really exciting, right? Um, because you're kind of publishing a chapter every week, every two weeks, and then you can get direct feedback from readers who've just read what you're saying. Um, and then maybe your, your story changes from reader feedback. So if that sort of interaction and that cadence sounds appealing to you, th then I would look into serial fiction because I think that's kind of the big difference. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, I had Amelia Rose on the podcast recently. She is fantastic on Patreon and she writes, I don't know if it's classed as serialized um, because I don't know if there are like core differences in like the, the like craft structure of serial fiction, or if it is literally like you could serialize a book, but she we publishes weekly um like chapters and things weekly and then puts them into books and publishes them publishes them as books afterwards so patreon even though that's not really what the platform is for people are still serializing like their books and you doing that on patreon so like i i definitely think it is like a, a an increasing uh trend okay um in the um article you also talk about the impending economic downturn um, I wondered, like, why this is actually a positive thing for indies, and it, and how they can capitalize on it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know whether or not this happens, the you know the the old R word is being thrown out there a lot. Um, you know, it, it it could be bad in a lot of ways, but in terms of you know marketing books specifically, um, I, I think it could be a real positive. Um, if you look back at the early days of COVID. In 2020, uh, book sales really spiked, and you know, one people are staying at home, so that that plays a role. But also, people are they're concerned about their money, and books are a very cheap, very effective form of entertainment. You can get a lot of time out of a book um, and not spend much money on it, um, and then you can give it to your friends. Um, and so, I, I think books are kind of this tried and true thing that people you know they want entertainment, they want experiences. Uh, and a really cheap way to get that is books. And indies tend to compete on the lower price point than traditional publishers. So if a reader is very price sensitive, they're concerned about the economy, they go on a, a website like Amazon and they see the new bestseller for 20 books, 20 bucks, maybe that's not as appealing as it used to be. And then they see, you know, an, an indie book there for $7 or $5 or, or $2. And they might be, you know what, I'll, I'll give this indie a shot. Um, because it's much cheaper, it's just as long, and it's in the genre I like to read as well. Yeah, and I think this plays into the what you said previously about um, serial fiction, which is often on um, uh, subscriber websites. So it's almost like the 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 KU like um, Cobra Plus type script model of or you can eat consumption for a fixed price like that definitely i think all plays into this and why those subscriptions boom in in times like covid um so yeah i really i really like that um 
Okay, so and also talking about price sensitivity is a great segue. Um, can you tell everyone a little bit about Written Word Media? Perhaps um, if listeners haven't heard of you guys, what is it that you do and how can authors take advantage of this um, and, and advantage of your services in a strategic way? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so we are a book marketing company. Um, and so we, we do uh, book promotions um, where we email books out to hundreds of thousands of readers. Um, and our promotions are targeted by genre and price point. Um, so if you have a free book, you could run a free booksy promotion and we would send your book out to hundreds of thousands of readers who like your genre. Um, and then we have bargain booksy, um, which is for books that are priced between 99 cents and 4.99. And, uh, it's the same deal. You pick your genre, you pick your date. And on that day, we email your book out to a bunch of readers and you see a big spike in sales on that day. Um, and, and so, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So in, in terms of being strategic, um, we, we have more promo sites um, as well, but in terms of being strategic, you know, I, I think something that we see over and over again um, is authors that have a series. Um, if they make that, that first book in the series free or very low price for a limited time, run a promo with us. We also do Facebook and Amazon ad campaigns. Maybe you stack that on top of the promo and you get a lot of readers into that first book. And all the readers that like it are going to be much more likely to pay full price, you know, for books two, three, four, however many more you have in the series. Yeah, absolutely. And um, what are the most like popular genres with written word media? I know you have a lot of genres, but obviously people that write in niches, like not all genres are popular everywhere. Like, do you have certain genres that do really well for you guys or? Yeah. So, so one of the great things about our promos is that they're all priced appropriately based on how big the audience is. Um, so for example, our, our romance audience is one of our largest. So a romance author will pay more to run that promo um, than, than a children's book author because our children's audience is much smaller. Um, so a children's, I think a free book seat is $25. And then a, a romance promo, depending on the romance subcategory, could be in the $70 to $125 range. Um, and so, yeah, it really varies by how many readers we have in the audience. And then we price it appropriately to whatever makes sense. Right. Okay. And asking self for selfish reasons, do you have, um, an LGBT category? We do. Yes. Is it, is it mostly gay male or do you have like sapphic readers as well? You know, I am not sure. Uh, ah, I stumped you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we we would run we would run both, but I don't know about the the performance dis- differences between the two. Mm, I might have to follow up with you on that one then. Yeah. Please do. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, next, I wanted to talk about another trend that I think um, is really important and also linked to kind of authors being strategic, which is direct sales. So why do you think that that is becoming more prevalent now? And what are some steps or things that indie should think about practically in order to make the most of this trend? Yeah, so I, I think that's becoming more more prevalent now um, just because the technology has gotten so much easier to use. Um, in, in the past, setting up direct sales from your website, um, you basically need to be a, a, a software developer to figure that out. But now we have so many plug and place um, stores and tools. Um, Shopify makes it really easy. Book Funnel as well. That was another great tool for indies. And so it's just much easier than it used to be to set up direct sales on your website. Um, and so it's much easier. And then two, it's very appealing because you're not sharing the royalties with anybody. You know, when someone buys a book directly from your website, you get all of the money. 
Um, and so that that's super appealing. Um, I think you know anybody can can make sense behind that logic, right? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Like, I have some books on my direct store, and you, I get about ninety seven percent because obviously you pay a fee, like with Stripe or PayPal or whoever. But yeah, I mean, that is obviously like the <laughs> biggest appeal uh, for me is that we get so much more of the of the money. You're talking like on a four ninety nine book, you're talking like you know four ninety instead of. Yeah. Like two pounds seventy or something ridiculous. Um amazing. Uh so other... another thing, yeah. Another thing about direct sales that's really valuable is that when someone buys your book uh from a retailer like Amazon, you don't get the purchase data. So you don't know who bought your book. But when they buy it from your website, you get their email address, maybe some other contact information, hopefully their name. And then you know who has bought which book, and then you can follow up and say, Hey, did you like that one? Maybe you should read this one. So you also get this data that's extremely valuable. Yeah, and that is like authors need to have their business brains on, I think. Um, so many of us come to writing as artists and creatives and forget that actually we're running businesses. And, you know, we, there's a lot we can learn from other businesses that are entrepreneurial. Like I'm trying to now like study slightly wider than just studying other authors and like mm -hmm. their models because i think we can learn so much from other um industry professionals okie dokie so the big one which is spoken about in a couple of different points on the post is ai so what are like and just kind of yeah because you have got it over a couple of different um points on there what are some of the biggest changes you see coming with ai yeah, so broadly, kind of our our top three things that we saw coming with AI um, was that more people are going to be using it for actual writing. Um, so actually typed words on a page, um, AI will generate more and more of those. Um, and, it, you know, it's probably not going to generate a whole book for you, especially not a high quality book, uh, but it could be really good for getting you an outline. Maybe you're stuck on a, on a paragraph and you need a little bit of help to keep going. Um, there's a lot of AI tools that can help you get some words out there. Um, and then sometimes editing that and uh, and doing some work once you have the, the text on the page can be much easier than starting from a blank page. Um, so we think writing is coming in a big way. I think anybody that's played with ChatGPT can kind of see uh, how that might go. Yeah, um, I, I went straight in and tried ChatGPT and I was mind blown at how cool it was. Like, so... <sighs> It's really difficult because I don't I don't think I would use it to like write right because I tried pseudo write as well and I couldn't get on with pseudo write. Um and and you can use chat GPT in the same way, but I I think externally. So I like to brainstorm with chat GPT. Yeah. And so like I might take or like it might just be a prompt. So I might not even use anything from chat GPT, but it's prompted me to to prompted my brain to go off somewhere else and helped me get the answer. And it's just, and also for things like um, social media captions or like um, blurb writing, oh my goodness me, like it's incredible. If listeners haven't tried chat GPT, like you need to try it. It's really quite good. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's really, it's really wild. I think, you know, especially for those kind of mundane writing tasks, um, like you were saying with social media, you know, no, no one, um, or some people do, but not a lot of authors really enjoy crafting their social media copy. They're more interested in crafting their books and then marketing yeah. on social media. Right. Um, so using chat GPT to, to do that is a great use. Um, we were playing with it the other day and, 
you know, we'd put in some copy and then we'd say, Hey, can you make this humorous and see what it would come back with? Right. Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot of, a lot of different applications for it with writing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think there were some other things that you mentioned in the article, not just writing with AI. So what were they? Yeah. Um, so also, um, AI narrated audiobooks. Um, this is going to be a big thing in 2023. Um, so I, I went, I went to a demo with Google, um, and their, their AI narration right now is pretty impressive. Um, you can change the pronunciation of your character names and, and, and all the things that I tried and all the examples I saw, it worked really well, which is really exciting. Oh, that is exciting. Um, so I think the, and also right now, I think with Google, it's free, uh, to publish on Google play. So, you know, if you compare that to the, the cost of getting a, an audiobook created, it's a, it's a very, very big difference there. Um, of course, there's also a difference in quality, right? Um, AI narration, um, they, they, they're saying that it's probably best for nonfiction right now. Um, and I think that makes sense. Like a human narrator is going to do a much better job than, than a computer. But if you're an author that doesn't have the budget to, to have a human narrate your audiobook, this could be a good bridge in between. Um, and also, I, th I think it's a great thing for accessibility too. You know, there are a lot of people that that can't read for you know whatever reason, and then having more audio available for them. Uh, I you know I I know people that you know feed uh, eBooks into text to speech machines um, that do a really bad job at reading that to them. Mm -hmm. uh, so these these audiobook um, AI narration services that Google and now Apple has one as well. Um, I think that's going to be a, a big thing in two thousand twenty three. Yeah. And I think for people like me who read at speeds above 2x, like it actually doesn't matter who is narrating it. I think that when you read at slower speeds and you want the performance, right. that is still, it's still going to be human narration all the time. But yeah, it, it's really difficult because I want to support narrators um so I always I'm always like oh I never know where I'm supposed to stand on this because my own consumption habits I mean I I crank it up so fast like but it's barely audible you know uh yeah. just because I'm like yeah give me the content give me the content like so they all sound like fucking chipmunks anyway <laughs> but then you know I narrate my own non-fiction audiobooks so then right. I'm like well I wouldn't want someone else to narrate my audiobook so yeah, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't gone down the Google Play, but then, but then, yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I'm excited for the possibilities. I'm worried a little bit for narrators because like. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I do see that and I have, you know, heard, you know, a lot of concerns from narrators. Um, and I think, I think we'll probably get to discussing the ethical and moral issues around AI here shortly. Um, yeah. but, but I do think that narrators you know, existing narrators, I think are going to be fine for a very long time. Yeah. Um, these people are like really good at what they do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't think they're going to get replaced. It could be more difficult for new narrators to break in. Yeah. Typically do it at a, at a lower price point. Um, but even then, like, I think, you know, especially for, for genres like romance, um, where people tend to want kind of the, the performance a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think, I think narrators are really going to be fine. I think the other interesting thing, I don't know if you're noticing this, but I'm noticing that I really like it when the author reads their own book. Mm. Like, and I I don't know like what that is, but fuck's sake. No, I I I sorry, hang on. Yeah, I, I do agree. Um I, I, I like when an author narrates their own book because it 
don't know. It's a, it's a strange feeling of completeness that I really like. It's kind of like this, like soup to nuts. The author's done all of this. Um, and I don't know. I just like the idea of someone reading their own words. And I, I think the, the authenticity the author gives to it because they know their characters better than anyone. Right. Well, uh, so I spoke to, um, Travis Baldry, who wrote Legends and Lattes. I don't know if you know of the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a cozy fantasy. And I listened to the audiobook. And he narrated the audiobook because he is an audio narrator. That is his job. He is a narrator who okay. just happened to write a book. And it was fascinating listening to him narrate his own audiobook. And I was like, oh my God, this was like one of my favorite audiobooks in a long time. And I think it, and I said to him, like, like, what is it about that? And he basically said that the reason that it works when an author narrates their own book if they can narrate and do the performance, of course, um, is that the the job of an audiobook narrator is to um, expect, uh, is to anticipate, the word was anticipate, is to be able to anticipate. So when you are the author, you, you don't need to anticipate because you already know the subtext, you already understand the tone, the sarcasm, you know what the intended meaning was in that sentence and how it should be presented. And I was like, oh, mind blown, like the anticipation I'm expecting. I was like, oh, that's incredible. So yeah, like now when I listen to audiobooks narrated by the authors, I'm like, do you know, I think I actually prefer this because yeah. you can, you can, when you're, al- you're awake to that sensitivity, you can really tell the difference. That's so um, yeah, it was fascinating to me as well. I was like, oh, so now I'm like, actively looking for books narrated by the by the authors i was about to say i'm, I'm gonna go find one after this absolutely yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly you should listen to legends and lattes if you haven't because it was amazing okay. i know you said you've read it but listen to it as well yeah okay um okay so a lot of authors are afraid of ai um how can they take action to work with the tools rather than being afraid of the future yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I think this kind of this reticence around using AI, like it, it does make sense. Um, I think, you know, authors are a, a group of really creative, really talented people. Um, and I think, and particularly with, with using AI for writing, um, it feels like a little disingenuous or like, or cheating or kind of like it's, I don't know, it, it feels more corporate than authors want to feel. Um, and and I, I get that. that. That makes complete sense. Um I think uh, Mark Lefebvre in our in our post gave a really great quote where he was talking about how um, traditional publishing back when indies were first starting to publish their books um, didn't didn't embrace the things that indies were doing um, and kind of the business model of the indie author and eBooks in particular and and Mark he he's urging authors to to not make that same mistake right just because something new is coming doesn't mean it's bad for you or should be looked down upon. Um, look, look at it as an opportunity if you can. Because um, this technology, you know, it's out there. It's not going away. Um, and a lot of people are going to use it. Um, and I think, you know, like we've discussed on this call, there, there's a lot of really fun applications for it that still, you know, at least to me, feel deeply creative um, and and personal. Um, I, I don't think when I'm brainstorming with ChatGPT, it's less human. Um, I, I like, you know, th- that's sometimes, you know, when, when my brain is working the most, uh, when, when I'm interacting with it and then I'm taking it to other people. Um, so I, I think it does, it, it does end up being a pretty human thing. It is still you generating the content. You're writing the prompts. Yes. Uh, you're not getting a lot of truly original stuff back from chat GPT. 
Yeah, that I completely agree. You aren't getting anything original from it. Um, The interesting thing for me is how it is a sounding board. Like authors, we all talk about how we can be very lonely or it's a very isolating job. This actually is like having an office colleague that you can just say, hey, bounce some ideas off with me. And like, you know, most of the time I'm like, no, 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 no. Oh, there's something in that. And then off I go in a slightly different tangent, but it was enough to like, prompt me in that direction um and like that is definitely something that I think authors miss like when you go full-time you go usually from having been in office with loads of people to sitting in solitary silence all day every day which is fucking bliss for me but not for everybody um you know so yeah like it's a way of getting almost like a colleague back and people probably think I'm barking mad saying that but um anyway I just wanted to add because we've sort of alluded to um ethical comments a couple of times um the alliance of independent authors has a great article on um uh ethical ai usage as an author so i will make sure i link to that in the show notes um but i wondered if you if we could kind of summarize like what are a couple of steps that you think indies should take after listening to this episode and reading the article to set themselves up best for all of the trends that are coming yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I think I think number one um, would be to to look at the different tools out there that that uh, utilize AI that could help authors. Um, so we talked about audiobook narration. Um, I, I didn't mention this, but there's also a lot of AI art tools, um, which are really cool, and those can create some really cool art for promoting your books. Um, I don't know if book covers are quite possible right now, um, but some authors are doing it, um, and, and I think it could be there soon. Um, then, of course, chat GPT for, for writing and brainstorming and, and social media posts. I would at least try out at least one tool for writing, um, narration, um, and art, art creation in 2023. Yeah, um, mid-journey mid got really ramped up um, with the last iteration. I think it, I can't remember what, I think the, the fourth version, whatever it is, is seen a real uptick in like quality. But I know, obviously, like narrators, mid-journey is upsetting a lot of artists as well so um it's yeah it's it's very tricky I think as long as for me I'm like I will continue to support artists but that doesn't mean that I have to say no to everything else as well like if I'm continuing to like buy local or buy direct or you know uh what's the word commission art you know so on so forth I think it's okay like because then we keep all of the industries going right um yeah. And, you know, and of course, if you're listening to this and you disagree, that is That's totally okay. fine too, right? Yeah. Like you, you, yeah. Your opinion is just as valid as mine is, um, perhaps even more so. Um, so yeah, that, that's absolutely true. Um, but, but I would encourage everyone to just test out these AI tools. Um, at very least, they can be a really fun time. And like, I spend a lot of time just with my friends messing around with them and, and laughing. Um, so that, that can be a, a great thing to do for authors. Um, and then I, I would also be aware of the economic situation and, and note like, hey, are, are my lower priced books doing better than they used to? Do I see any trends here where my price promotions did better than they used to? Um, I don't think anything major will happen, um, but I, I would be aware of that. Um, and maybe, you know, your, your higher priced books, they could drop off a little bit. Um, and I, I wouldn't make any preemptive changes, but I would just watch your data and see if things change. Because um, people have been spending a lot of money. You know, people in the U.S. got payouts from the government. 
Um, and so, you know, think things will change in this next year with the economy. And so I, I would just pay attention to your price points and kind of what you're seeing there. And you, you might see no change, but you might also see some changes. Yeah, I think that's extremely good advice. And I think watching the market is something that we should all do more anyway, um, just in order to set ourselves up either by writing and delivering what the reader wants or like bettering our marketing. So, yeah, I love that. Thank you so much. Well, this is the Rebel Author Podcast. So tell everyone about a time you unleashed your inner rebel. Oh boy. Um, so I, I must confess I'm I'm a fraud. I, I am not much of a rebel, I dare say. <laughs> Every um, single person who comes on this show says that. Don't worry. <laughs> I unfortunately have a great relationship with my parents and I didn't really rebel. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe in my 30s that will happen. Um, <laughs> I, I think, you know, one slightly rebellious thing I do is I tend to change my hairstyle like every two to three months. which is is rare for for men that look like me of of my age um no one else that i know does that um so yeah i I change up my hair a lot i got some pretty wild hair for my wedding oh Uh, what 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 was your hair for your wedding um so it was kind of just straight down the the middle pushed back um and then the sides were trimmed down to to a one like a skin fade up from the sides oh i love it it. very dramatic Yeah. yeah have you ever dyed your hair I have not, but that is a great, my wife dyed her hair um, purple um, and I really liked it. Um, so that that's interesting because I'm thinking about, so my hair is a little bit longer than it has been in a little bit right now. Um, but if I want to dye, I should go now. And then, yeah, yeah, exactly. Whilst it's slightly longer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a super yeah. fun rebellion. Uh, my hair has been like every color under the sun, I think, apart from, no, Apart from green, I don't think I've ever had green hair. But other than green, I think I've had every single color under the rainbow. And now, sorry. Well, have you noticed any like personality changes with your color? Um, Like, does it impact your like you as a person? Um, I didn't like blue. Mm. I don't know why. I just didn't feel like it suited me. Um, And I think purple is when I get naughty because <laughs> yeah. like purple is my brand color and so like uh uh I I think it was last year or maybe, oh, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before I don't know time is a lie but I uh, had all purple so like the long bits on the top of my hair were all purple um yeah. and that was super fun um but usually I just keep like a blonde flash in my hair because I can't be bothered to diet every single week but um <laughs> when I feel like it that's that has been every color under the sun but I've had that flash for probably 15 years I would say maybe even longer than that now um but yeah love a good like wacky haircut love it okay tell everyone where they can find out more about you written word media services anything else that you'd like to add yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so you can just go to writtenwordmedia.com. Uh, we've got a big promote book button on the on the homepage and you can do that and schedule your promotion. It's super easy. It takes about five minutes. Um, you can also shoot us an email to info at writtenwordmedia.com. We've got a fantastic team. We like to think that we're known for our customer service. Um, authors, we always get really amazing feedback on how we interact with them and how we treat our customers. Um, so if you're not sure about anything or have a question, please do not hesitate to email us. Um, and then also we we now have a membership program for authors. Um, so if you're an author that maybe has used us in the past, or maybe you run a promo with us and, and it does well, and you're like, okay, this should be a cornerstone of my marketing. I should be doing this, you know, every couple months at least for each of my books. 
Um, so if you're a high volume promoter, you can become a premium member and save 10% on your promos. And the membership fee um, is either $125 or $250 for a year. And the membership will pay for itself and then some if you promote enough. Um, so if you're if you're familiar with written word media and you use us a lot, I would consider becoming a premium member and doing the math there. And there are a ton of other benefits um, as well that come with being a premium member, um, like access to Limelight, which is a, a promo that features just one author in the email, uh, which, which is pretty exciting. And also we can send that to your website. So if you're doing direct sales, uh, becoming a premium member and running a Limelight promo um, could be a really exciting thing for you. Yeah, that's fantastic. I have used written word media a number of times and I've always thought the customer service was fantastic. Um, and yeah, free books in particular was very impressive. Uh, I did a, a whole stack of run of promos uh, yeah. beginning of last year and it was really, really good. So yeah, I I validate everything you're saying. I think you guys are fantastic and I think what you do for the community is is amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We got it. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think that's, that's good. Yeah. Just writtenwordmedia.com and uh, yeah, yeah, everything's there. We've got a great blog. You can read our trends posts and our author surveys as well. So a lot of good stuff there. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And of course, a gigantic thank you to all of the show's listeners and all of the show's patrons. If you would like to get early access to all of the episodes, you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black. I'm Sasha Black. You were listening to Clayton Noblet, and this was the Rebel Author Podcast. Next week, I'm joined by Jeff and Michele, and it is a fantastic episode extremely detailed uh, all about making our books and content like our social media content and like advertising content more accessible for um everybody so join me next week for that don't forget to tune in and subscribe on your podcatcher and when you have a moment please leave a review <laughs> <laughs>